Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you on this Tuesday. Joe Susan's going to join us at 3:35 today to preview Bucknell's opener, and I appreciate the fact that Joe moved the time of this to help us out and accommodate us very much. Because normally we want to do this on Mondays. But uh, Joe moved it to accommodate my schedule, and I appreciate it very much. Hey, tonight we go to Harrisburg. How about that one? <laughs> Guess what? On the speaking trail, Sean, this is the last one. It's getting real now. It's getting real. Uh, well, now, you know... I, I, it's usually when Penn State goes to Michigan, the Penn State Club of Michigan asks me to speak, but I don't know. Like this time, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I think I want to hang back at the hotel. You know? And you know me. They'll be like, hey, come on. You can do it. So, yeah, okay. So I always, I always love the, the, the Harrisburg one. Harrisburg one's been funny because they're, you know, because I'm doing, I'm doing the show. So since I'm doing the show, you know, there's a point, you know, there's, that I can't get there until I'm done. Okay? Last the last three years I've walked in and I've had somebody say, You're late. And I was like, finally, I was last year I like, so what are you gonna do? Start without me? <laughs> it's like, hey, come on. I drove down, I made the trip. <laughs> I'm here. What are you gonna do? Start without me? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, Neil Kulong on the show today. Uh, Dave Meeks, USA Today. Joe Susan. we got a packed show coming up today. Uh, the Penn State football depth chart was released today. And uh, I know Sean's been all over that. No, he hasn't. Sean just got in. <laughs> Sean's been a little out. busy today. Yeah, a little busy today. Now, was the luncheon today for at Maddie's or... Well, now, uh, well, this year the Bucknell football luncheons are moved to Mondays. It's now Mondays from noon until okay. one at uh, Maddie's in Lewisburg. Okay. So it was actually yesterday. The first one was actually yesterday. Okay, so it was yesterday. Uh, great. Um, I'm sure it went well. Um, I assume Doug was there. Yes. And Joe was there. Absolutely. And the analyst, I thought. Well, we had our weekly meeting yesterday morning, and I know he left. Suit left about twenty to twelve, right around there, and he had to go. I know that he and Doug had to go to uh, a meeting with Stadium because I believe Stadium oh, yeah. is also yeah. televising the game on. Right. Yeah, that's right. Saturday. They are. Yeah, they are. That's right, they are. Yeah, Good I guess point. they had to go into a production meeting and uh, to figure out when they were going to record their opens and all that, any preview hits, that kind of deal. Right, yeah. The, uh, Doug mentioned they were going to do that, which is good. I'm glad they're doing that. Yeah, maybe they were doing that after the luncheon. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
So you're saying that the analyst was a no-show at the luncheon? I don't know. When he could have picked up valuable info? Valuable That's intel. true. That's true. Um, but the football depth chart was released today. So let's at least go through it and get everybody up to date. Uh, of course, a lot's going to be made that Shane Simmons is not on the depth chart because there's a reason. I, for the first week, there's a reason he's on the depth chart. Uh, I think everybody pretty much knows he's been bumped up in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, not severe, but is. And let's see here. Let's see if they've got I've got to look this up because obviously I already did my chart. I did it 10 days ago. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see. Download depth chart. Let's see. Let's download here. Um, bing, 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 bing. There we go. And let's see. Uh, wide out. Uh, Juwan Johnson, two Cam Sullivan Brown, three Daniel George. Tight end, Jonathan Holland or Danny Dalton. And Nick Bowers, then Pat Fryermuth. Left tackle, Ryan Bates, Des Holmes, Rashid Walker. Uh, left guard, Stephen Gonzalez, Mike Miranda, and Bryce Eppner. The center, Michael Mennett, then Zach Simpson, Juice Scruggs. Right guard, Connor McGovern, C.J. Thorpe, Charlie Schumann. Right tackle, Chaz Wright or Will Fries, and then Alex Gellerstadt. Wide receiver, DeAndre Tompkins, Brandon Polk, Isaac Lutz. Other wideout spot, K.J. Hamler, Mac Hippenhammer, and Jahan Dotson. Quarterback, Trace McSorley, Tommy Stevens, Sean Clifford. Running back, Miles Sanders, Mark Allen, Ricky Slade. Lion position, Tommy Stevens. Defensive end, Sharif Miller, Daniel George, Nick Tarburton. Then defensive tackle, Kevin Givens, Fred Hansard, Ellison Jordan, Damian Barber. Other defensive tackle spot, Robert Windsor, then Antonio Shelton, P.J. Mustafer. Second defensive end spot, Yitor Grossmatos, Shaka Tony, Jason Owe. Outside linebacker, Koa Farmer, Micah Parsons, Jake Cooper. Middle linebacker, Jan Johnson, Ellis Brooks, Jesse Lucetta. Outside linebacker, Cam Brown, Jarvis Miller, Dalon Darian. Uh, corner spot, Amani Oriwarie, Donovan Johnson, and Zach, uh, uh, Zeke McPherson. Uh, safety spot, Garrett Taylor, Lamont Wade, Jonathan Sutherland. Other safety spot, Nick Scott, Aaron Monroe, uh, John Patrician. Corner, John Reed, Tariq Castro-Fields, Trent Gordon, and the star is John Reed, Donovan Johnson, and Lamont Wade. Uh, And you will notice, by the way, that Donovan Johnson has a number change from three to two. That means he might be on some special teams that include DeAndre Tompkins. Uh, Punter, Blake Gilligan, Kate Pollard, Vlad Hilling, kicker, field goals, Jake Pinnegar, Vlad Hilling, Justin Tobin, kickoffs, Raphael Cheka, Jake Pinnegar, Vlad Hilling. Holder, Blake Gilligan, Michael Schuster, Jan Johnson, long snapper, Kyle Vasey, Chris Stahl, and Joe Carcano. Kickoff return, K.J. Hamler, then Journey Brown, then Ricky Slade. Punt returns, DeAndre Tompkins, then either K.J. Hamler or John Reed. So that's the depth chart. Uh, There is nothing in there of any surprise whatsoever. I just can't wait to see John Reed back out on the field. John Reed has had a great preseason. 
Not good, great. He's actually a little quicker than he was when he... Uh, you know, again, John is now nearly 17 months removed from the knee injury. That's about the time where you are you are beyond... You are full go. I mean, you are at 100% if you're 17 months out from that injury. In fact, you're probably at 100% now about 15 months out. He's 17 months out, and you can see it. Moving really well, same cover skills. He is a John Reed is a good football player. John, you read, you win with players like John Reed. You win with guys like that. And Reed is a really good player. I think it is no coincidence. Now you look at like he mentioned today, who's green light without a doubt among the freshmen. Green light without a doubt among the freshmen are Jesse Lucetta, Micah Parsons. Uh, P.J. Mustafer. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see who else is green-lighted here. Pat Fryermuth. Uh, let's see. Who else made that green-light list? Let's see. Um, Oh, obviously, one of the kickers would be, you know, Check and uh, and Pinnegar would be. They'd be green lighted. Ricky Slade's green lighted too. So, so you know, yeah, that's the other one, Ricky Slade. People are wondering about the wideouts. I think we'll we'll see how that plays out uh, because the the freshman wideouts, Daniel George, Jahan Dotson, and Justin Shorter, and we know that Shorter, obviously, as he talked today, I'll use his word, are ding is dinged up. Those three have really, really good potential. But what really helps is that I feel like Hamler and Hippenhammer have really been good in this preseason. So I'm not surprised to see Hamler. All right, let's be honest about it. Am I surprised about any of this stuff? No. All right. So it's kind of played out the way I thought it would play out. Uh Props to Fred Hansard, who took a really, really good spring and turned it into a really, really good preseason. Yitor Matos, I can't say enough about, you know, because I, I think Sharif Miller, it, it's an obvious. But, uh, you know, this depth chart does not contain Shane Simmons, and it does not complain, it does not contain, um, Justin Shorter, and that says he's explained they're, quote, dinged up. So, that's what, that's how it played out. That's what, that's what you're looking for. Uh, But it also tells you that, for the most part, they are in decent shape going into the opener. I mean, that's a relatively no, low number of guys. And I know Jack was asking me about the need to put out, and, for, and of course, I think everybody knows Manny Bowen isn't there. Look at their, you know, look, they wish Manny nothing but the best. Oh, uh, and. 
and you know the whole thing is I hope Manny gets his degree. I hope he does really really well because I Manny has a real has a chance to be really successful in the you know with his degree and do well with it. Um, but yeah, he, and so he's no longer with the team. At least the Comcast thing got worked out. <laughs> yeah, with about a week to spare, pretty good. Yeah, I was I was uh, impressed by that because they kept things quiet, which is good. That is the way to negotiate. Keep it quiet, and they've done. They did that to their credit. All right, Joe Susan's going to join us. So we go, we've gone through the depth chart. I can assure you, there are no surprises in this depth chart. And uh, go from there. And by the way, we're going to have on the show tomorrow Scott Satterfield, the head coach at Appalachian State, is going to join us tomorrow. He said yes, so I said, okay, we'll do it. Great. Learn <laughs> more about that running back of theirs. Well, I, I remember I mentioned him last week. I, Moore's a really good player. He's a really good player. He could play for for anybody, really. He is. He's like, he's the kind of guy that will go like 10, 12 carries. It's two, three yards, two, three yards, and boom, all of a sudden it's 45 yards. Then he'll go two, three yards, two, three yards, boom, 45 yards. He can break a couple in a, in, in a heartbeat in a game. He's good. You have to keep containing him. And I think their secondary is really good. I think their secondary is really good. I'm impressed by them. All right, we'll take a break. Joe Susan, Neil Kulong, Dave Meeks, all on the show today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. Every new Hyundai comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty and Hyundai insurance. Sunbury Motors Hyundai will work hard to get you approved on a brand-new Hyundai Elantra. Bankrupt, divorced, slow pay should not be an issue at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Why settle for a used vehicle when you can bring your blues credit to Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the Black Building on North 4th Street in Sunbury. 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. do have a question from the studio yes we got to get a recap of the duquesne duel from sunday i was concerned we were exchanging some messages and just kind of said oh hey hope you and hammer brought it home but i but we were talking shop about some other things so i was deeply concerned that that was maybe a hidden message maybe they didn't do all that well uh no we won yeah we had to grind our guts out but we won um Look, the mole man goes out, wins the first hole. Like Jack's like, oh, we're already behind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
Uh, I, said, I said, it's like giving up a touchdown in the opening drive, my man. I said, there's still plenty of time to recover. Yeah, but this is the one man that Hammer turns to because of the amazing golf acumen of that one mole man. Yes, mole man, yes. So the mole man wins the first hole. Then Jack wins two, three, and four. He wins the next three holes. We're up two. All right. Then uh, we lose six to the mole man. We lose seven. Mike McGinley won seven. And eight, I hit a long putt to save it and have it. But then on nine, I finally won a hole. I got to the T on nine, and it, nine is this 500-plus long, extends from Pittsburgh all the way out to Moon Township, par five. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, I, I got to the T. I said, I can't stand this hole. <laughs> right? He goes, I don't know. All right. Never played it well. Drove it down the left-hand side, hit a huge second shot, dropped a lob wedge to within 10 feet, two-putted, got a par, won the hole. <laughs> I, I, got, I picked, took the ball out of the cup. I looked at him. I said, <laughs> I, love the, I love this hole. <laughs> <laughs> so by winning the ninth hole, see, we do it. You win the front nine, you win the back nine, who wins the overall. So when I dropped that putt to win nine, we won the front by one. So we start the back, and the mole man wins 10. So now overall for the match, we're even, but we're down one of the back. Well, then I parred 11 and won the hole. So then 12 we have, then 13 I won again. Okay? And then, so now we're up, what, one on the back and two overall. So then we lose 15. Okay? So now we're... Uh, one up in the back, two up for the round. Yeah, something like that. And then we lose another hole. Well, I think we got the three up at one point. So then we then suddenly it became on the back. We're even on the back, but we're up one for the match. Jack and I each had a chance to drop par putts. Like we're both within five feet, and we both missed. We're looking at each other like, you got to be kidding me. And then Jack had a putt on 17 to put it away. No. So now we're up one, even on the back, going to 18. And I won 18. I dropped a six-foot putt on 18 to win it. Man, on the brink of throwing it away multiple times and locking yeah. it up. Man, that was... So I, I ended up winning four of the last ten holes. How about that? Wonderful. Okay, and championship retained, but we both felt when it was done like it, like we, like it, it was work. <laughs> it's like it was. There were people in front of us. There was some group of twelve people all together, and it took them. We, we played in four and a half hours. Usually, we play in like two forty-five. So. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywoods 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And very pleased to be joined by the head football coach at Bucknell, Joe Susan. First of all, Coach, I will uh, my personal appreciation because you accommodated your schedule to fit mine, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. It's good to be back with you and Sean, and uh, good to be back in game week. What kind of preseason did you have? It, it was interesting. We uh, 
came out of this spring with a pretty good feel for who was going to be our quarterback, and John Schlonzio came back and won the job, and uh, that that was a good thing. He took over, um, not uh, any slight against Logan Bittekoffer, but uh, I'll call him Chi, uh, really showed that uh, he improved some of his fundamental things, and uh, <clears throat> just going through, we, we evaluate everything, we, we keep records, especially with that position, and uh, <clears throat> just at the end of last week, we made a decision that in our best interest, he's the guy. Uh, we suffered two unique injuries that uh, have impacted our team. Um, Chad Freshnock uh, had a upper body injury that uh, he'll miss the year. And then uh, Marcus Adamiola um, had a leg injury that he'll miss the year. They'll both have the opportunity to get the year back. But uh, what's unique about that is that the running back group um, – has really done a very good job in preseason. Uh, Marquise Carter will be our starter, but we'll play Stephon Moore Green and very talented first-year guy Jared Cooper. And then the tight end position is going to be by committee. But uh, Alex Twyford, Andrew Hours, uh, John Reedy, and then a talented uh, Dylan Demarco as a first-year. What what is unique about that is that oftentimes when you lose two starters uh, right off the bat to uh, what was me, but uh, the, the young men in our in our program and on our team, just next guy up, which is good. And uh, <clears throat> I credit the way our coaches have uh, approached this and uh, more so the way our players have approached it. it uh, it's a reflection of the leadership in this group. This is a unique group. We uh, Over the past couple years, we've had a highlight guy, uh, Julian Davenport, who's actually starting at left tackle for the uh, Houston Texans, and uh, Abdul Anderson last year, who's with the Chicago Bears. That guy might be here, um, but he hasn't shown up yet. Uh, but everybody else has really played their part very well, and uh, the, the leadership, the togetherness of this team is something that's very special, and uh, Makes practice, going to practice, you know, some people call it work. It makes practice the best time of our days. Well, no, the leadership part makes a big difference. I remember listening to Mike Krzyzewski talk about the topic of leadership came up, and he, and he, he really, it didn't take long for him to jump to Shane Battier. And he said, when Shane Battier played for me, he said it allowed me to do more coaching because I knew there were other areas that he would take care of that I didn't have to worry about. Is that where you are with your leadership right now? It is, and uh, I think Coach K said it well. It, what we do best is when we're coaching, and uh, when they take care of the little things, when they take care of the discipline things, the move from point A to point B as fast as you can, this is the way we do it here. Uh, those are the things that Give give us a chance as coaches to really maximize our efficiency as teachers. And uh, obviously, we still continue to be motivators, but uh, it's much easier to motivate a group that is self motivated and leadership motivated. And uh, I credit our upperclassmen, but it goes through the ranks. We uh, we're fortunate to have a be blessed with a uniquely talented freshman first-year class, uh, 
I spoke of Jared Cooper. Uh, we're going to get a lot of play out of a young man, Brandon Sanders. He's from St. Joe's Prep in Philly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a young man named Grayson Cherubino who will turn 18 on September 30th. So he's going to play his first mm-hmm. co- four college football games as a 17-year-old. Grayson is a six foot four, 250-pound defensive end that it's amazing. I, I knew he was a good athlete, but to watch him work and watch him run, and he's going to be a headache for offensive linemen for a long time to come. You add to that second you, page, and right. you know, we have we have a couple headaches. Have you reached a point in recruiting and then in roster development where you feel like, for the most part, you're replacing an athlete with another athlete? instead of seeing replacing an athlete with I hope they develop there are certain in some positions Steve yes there there are certain positions where when you get a big long guy on the offensive line you have to look to his development but from a skill standpoint uh I can I can say yes we have from the defensive line standpoint which they're the hardest guys to recruit and uh, bringing in a guy like Grayson Cherubino, who we knew coming out of high school. He's from uh, St. Anthony's in, on Long Island. Highly recommended, highly recruited. He came here for the right reasons. Uh, and those, those are the things that he is the guy we thought he would be, and Brandon Sanders is the guy we thought he would be. Jared Cooper is better than the guy we thought he would be, and that's a unique thing. Uh, Dylan DeMarco, the tight end, is better than we thought he would be. And those are the changes young men make between 17 and 18 or 16 and 17 in Grayson's. Uh, and it's tribute to them, uh, tribute to their high school programs. They come from good programs, tribute to their parents. But more more, it's them making the change between who they are in high school to who they have to be in college. And then the big language difference between what they thought oh, a play was called in high school and what it's called yes. in college. I mean that that's yeah that's huge, uh, Joe. How difficult ha- is it at at the FCS level, where you're not redshirting and suddenly that offensive lineman can play his fourth and fifth year because you've had time to develop them? Uh, how difficult is that because the clock is so different? That's the most difficult position uh, because that's the biggest challenge in terms of who they went up against in high school compared to who they're going up against. You know, you put a freshman out there and he's going up against a senior defensive end or in some of the schools we play against a redshirt senior defensive end. That's the biggest difference, and that's the biggest learning curve that has to take place. You know, you you recruit guys that you want that are athletic. You recruit guys that are tough. They might not be 300 pounds right now. They might be 260, 270. As they grow, but some of them have to be in the fire right away. And uh, yep. our offensive line, the, the pleasant surprise is a young man named Justice Peppers, who will be our left tackle. He, uh, the change he made from who he was this past spring to who he is now, and he has he has great feet for a big person. He's just under six five. He's three hundred and fifteen pounds. But we were really concerned coming out of the spring because he had kind of plateaued and 
you know, that is obviously a very important position. But the work he put in over the summer, uh, what he did in terms of changing his body, and that's the change in an offensive lineman. You know, uh, their maturation, and this is consistent across FCS football, their maturation is critical. And the other thing about football at our level in the Patriot League, uh, we're dealing with roster sizes in the mid-80s to low-80s. And right. the, team, the teams we're dealing against, the Ivies bring in 115 players. The CAA bring in 105. So we have to be strategic about how we practice, and we have to pray to the football gods and the other gods that uh, we stay healthy. <laughs> and I've always had a, a general theory that, for the most part, your opportunity to play earlier is usually the further away you are from the ball, the better your chances of getting exactly. it earlier. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, in the end, what made the difference at quarterback for you? It's just uh, his composure, and we, we're doing some new things offensively that have a little bit of a little bit more in the way of run-pass option concepts and making the right decisions in those things. And sometimes that's hard for a younger quarterback, where at times they get tunnel visioned and uh, they think they see something when it could be a mirage, and then coverages change between pre-snap and post-snap and you've got to be able to react to it and that's that's really the reason why and I think a lot of it's related to John's experience in games last year and the year before and I think I think Logan will wind up being a very good quarterback here and he's getting pressure from a freshman though a first-year guy named Taron Earl out of Montclair New Jersey who he has a way of trying to fit passes in in small windows and as long as they go to the guy with the right colored shirt on, I feel good about it. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's really come along as a first-year guy. So we're excited about that position. It has the most experience, and there's really not a senior in that group. This is a very tough schedule and a very tough non-conference schedule, which means the opener, of course, with William and Mary to start things out. I know you want to test your, your, your team against the best they can be tested against. What kind of opening test do you anticipate Saturday evening? Well, I know that Jimmy Laycock's going into his final year in coaching. I think he's been there over 37 years, which is a tribute to him and their program. I worked, uh, I a, game that... in, I worked a game in the 80s on the Penn State Sports that was the third announcer when William & Mary came into Beaver Stadium with Jimmy Laycock. <laughs> he, uh, he's done an outstanding job. Um, some of the guys that are playing for him we've recruited, and some of the guys that are playing for us he's recruited. I know that they will be a very physical team. Uh, Obviously, there are the first-game concerns from both sides, and I think a big part of this will be the the way you have to practice now. You limit the live work that you do, and our ability to tackle, our ability to tackle at full speed, their ability to do the same, and then who... Who wins the turnover battle? And by turnover, I mean the, the obvious ones, the uh, fumble, the interceptions. But, you know, we have an All-American at punter, and he can, oh, yeah. he can impact the field. And if we can keep the field on our side and uh, convert field position opportunities, it really plays into the way we want to play the game. And he's been outstanding this preseason. It's uh He's gotten better at his craft. Um, 
I he he is one humble guy, and uh, it's amazing what he can do. And uh, he's very hard on himself, but uh, usually the best ones are Alex Peachin. And uh, it's funny he met a woman yesterday. We went to a Riverwoods, which is a retirement village in town, and he met a woman that uh, he shares a birthday with. It's just when he turns 21, she'll turn 100. And, uh, wow. I think he got her phone number, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> pretty pretty interesting experience for our guys. Uh, the women over there and the men really enjoyed our guys being over there, and I think it's an eye opener for our guys. Uh, I, I try to tell them that you should spend some time speaking to somebody older than you every day. You might learn a lot more than you think. No and uh, they came out of that impressed. No, no question. And just one final note: when you talk about. Uh, I keep on my chart field position, average start, drive starts, and so forth. The reason I, I do that is I feel in some ways if it's done right, you talk about your punter, like sometimes like creating a team in jail is like a turnover as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Yeah. When they're playing backed up, they're playing different. And Joe, he, has, he has mastered that end-over-end thing, the rugby punt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nose down. Yep. yep. Uh, Joe, it's 6 o'clock coming up on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, there'll be a post-game fireworks show presented by Wise Market, Silver Tip Incorporated, and, of course, Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Looking forward to it and looking forward to uh, what I think could be a fun season for you and hearing from you all season long. Thanks so much for the time. Best of luck. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Sean. You guys have a great day. You too, Coach. Take care. Coach, coach, coach needs to get to practice. Want to make sure that he's uh, ready to go for that. We will come back with more in a moment. Still to come, Neil Kulong on the show today and also on the show, Dave Meeks from USA Today as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. News Radio 1070 WKOK. We are Penn State. It's winner to lose it right here. Back to pass. Blitz coming. In the end zone. Throws. Got it. Touchdown. Penn State. Jawan Johnson. And the Nittany Lions at the wire win it. Saturday, the Nittany Lions open the season with Appalachian State. The tailgate show starts at 2 and kickoff is at 3.30. Nittany Lions football on WKOK is sponsored in part by March Gaffew Hunting Preserve and WNL Subaru. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Appalachian State at Coach Scott Satterfield is going to join us on the show tomorrow. What do you think? We're taking the week off? <laughs> but they would get their coach on, have him talk about it. James will be on the uh, network show on Thursday night, and it'll be Sharma at Curtis on the first uh, 20 minutes, and James will be there, and we'll talk about You can He'll answer all the questions that they have about uh, the upcoming season. And yeah, I mean that's always a good time. It's you know the fans are great. Uh, they saw the depth chart put out today, and uh, so that's the next step. And then it's time to play the game. You know, it's you know teams put out depth charts like Kelly Bryant beat out Lawrence down at uh, Clemson for the quarterback job. Okay, yeah, I got it. That's fine. Uh, Jack and I. We're talking on the golf course the other day. And we're like, I, I, 
he doesn't light us up. <laughs> he doesn't. You're like, okay, if you think so. You think that's the guy. Um, but you see what Alabama did? Uh, Tua Tungaviola and uh, Jalen Hurts are both listed as co-first team. We're not, going, <laughs> we're, we're not going to find out till game time. Uh, Nick, come on. Okay. And my my reaction was very simple. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I you know what? Even if Penn State were playing Alabama, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't care. You know me. I don't care. If suddenly I go out there and it's two, it's like, hey, look, Jalen Hurst is a quarterback. If it's 13, I'm like, hey, Tua Tungavailo is out there. Great. <laughs> it's like a lot of stuff is made out of that. I get it. It's part of the interest of football. But whomever they run out there, they run out there. <laughs> I mean, I can't sit there and go, I can't believe X isn't playing. It's like, hey, look, he's playing, so i got to talk about him. I found something on social media over the weekend. Tua's younger brother, still in high school, he had a, a pretty impressive first outing, something like five touchdowns and but you know, I make yards one, offense. I, I want to make one quick point about Tua Tungavaiola. There are a lot of people that are talking about, oh, you know, he is definitely a Heisman candidate, which is fine. He very well may be. Okay, he's going to have to prove it over the next dozen weeks or so. But he had a couple of major advantages going. He had one one major disadvantage and a couple major advantages when he got into the Georgia game. The disadvantage was, of course, being used to game speed against a team, the quality of Georgia. So that's a disadvantage. But here's the other part. Here's the advantages he had. Okay, he is talented, and they have no tape on him. Okay, they've been practicing against Jalen Hurts. Okay, they weren't practicing against, oh, a left-handed quarterback who rolls left, makes plays left. They were practicing against a right-handed guy. I think Tua and Heisman, you got to dial that back and you know right. not put them in the same sense. Uh, How about a, at no. least a full-season body of work? But But here's my point. The second half of that game, every single defensive coordinator has rung up that video, and they're breaking it down because now they have legitimate video to break down as to how to defend what he does well and force him into the stuff that that video shows he doesn't do well. And he didn't do anything in the spring. He didn't do anything in the spring. So, you know, all this talk about, you know, because of one half of football and an overtime. Because remember, he made a terrible play in overtime before he made the great play. He took that sack. That was a horrible play. And so it's like, oh, he's great. He's this, he's that. Excuse me. He had to make up for the lousy thing he did in the previous snap. So in other words, that's the kind of gummy I mean, he showed. He did a lot of really good things in that game. Really good. But, geez, let's reel it in here a little bit. Let's let the season breathe a little bit. My goodness, when you get a bottle of wine to the table, you don't just pop it open and just start pouring. Right? You let it breathe a little bit before you before you pour it into, in, into the glass and start having a little bit. It's the same thing with a football season. Let it breathe a little bit. Although, have you ever noticed that you, when you and I and Roger go out and we talk with the suit, he always orders wine with a screw-on cap? <laughs> Wrong way to do it. We've got enough Man. women in this building that enjoy wine that should steer him in the right direction as to, you know, the proper execution. I mean, how to enjoy wine. I mean, the, and, and when he unscrews the cap, it, it, the, the wine barely takes a breath. 
let alone breathe. You want you want a cork. You want it to sniff of the cork, a little of the aroma, a little swirl, and then taste, and let it breathe a little bit. It's a football season. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.